War Room the Hockey Podcast back in the saddle for another week, another episode. This week we start the tour around the NHL. Uh, we're going to start with the Metro Division this week. Um, but first, first of all, I was I was thinking, you know, with the current RFA situation of, of a question. Everything, you know, last year with Nylander and all that stuff. I see we got about a 30 seconds into this broadcast, <laughs> and we, here we go again with him. But do is it, here's, it's a question, kind of get an opinion, but also just something to ponder, is the money for a guy in that position... Using Nylander, for example, he got six-some million AAV. Is the money that big of a thing if he's there at camp and if he's producing? If he's if he's there at camp and if he's producing, is six million for a guy like, like that or ten million for a guy like Marner or whatever that big of a of an of a thing that money is the money is um, not the issue as long as you don't have too many of them. The yeah. problem in Toronto is that you've got legitimately got seven guys there that should be at the very highest end of the NHL payroll, from Freddie Anderson and Morgan Riley, uh, now Tyson Berry, on out to the forwards, and a half dozen of them, Nylander and Marner and Matthews. I mean, you got guys that really legitimately based on comparables ought to be making 7 million and up between seven and 12, all of them. Mm-hmm. You, there's, there's only so much to go around mathematically. It is impossible. It can't be done. So the good news is you drafted well, you got a stable full of really good young studs. The bad news is there's only $82 million in the cap and you can't pay them. Yeah. So that's, that's where that ends up. And it's not like, sure, if Willie's going to score 70 points, 75 points a year, let him, yep. sign him, give him, give him the 7 million AAV that he wants. But how many guys can you do that with? That's all there is to that. Yep. Uh, other news, Clayton Keller signs an eight-year extension in in Arizona. Yep. That's a good move. And they it, lock him up. Big difference in the market there, mm-hmm. right? Like here you got, here you got Clayton Keller, who's a great, a great young talent, but he's not in that. He's not in that Braden Point conversation. So he's not. He's not a holdout. He's going to take his dough. He's got a long term deal. That's a different market. Cronwall yep. uh, retires. Fifteen years in the NHL and retires. Yep. Seattle has hired Ricky Olchek as the assistant GM. Williams steps away from the NHL. Justin Williams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I not, kind of wondered. Not retired. That word was not used in what he said, but steps away from the game yeah. is what he is what he said. So that 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 was interesting. He's had a great career. What he's won three cups mm-hmm. and you know, been at the top of the game. He's he's had a great career. I mean, yeah. he's gotta be thinking he's gonna have he's got older children now. He's gotta be thinking about different things than going to camp. I mean, as much as the guys miss it. Sometimes you just gotta gotta look at yourself and say it's time to move on. Maybe that's it. Maybe health. I don't know. Yep, absolutely. Um, but no, this week we are discussing. We're starting the tour around the NHL as camps begin opening up on the 13th, I believe it is. Um, so 
we are starting the tour around the league. We are starting with the Metro Division. Um, but before anything, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you rate and review and settle in for episode number 24. 24 episodes already of War Room, the Hockey Podcast. this week this week tour around the nhl we are beginning before we begin uh, a couple quick notes coming at you but we are beginning with the metro division in the nhl uh first the first quick note um if you're in the okanagan check out breakaway brewing the finest and handcrafted craft beer check out ryan walter and ryanwalter.com leadership guru nhl great tremendous person leadership retreats Travels around visiting businesses, giving lectures and lessons on proper leadership. Um, if you don't know who Ryan Walter is, and you've seen the movie Miracle, he's the official in the Russia-U.S. game there. Um, great, great guy. Check out, check him out. Ryan Walter. Um, Google him. Check out RyanWalter.com for weekly inspirations and and tremendous insights into great leadership yep. and team uh, building what a guy absolutely but before we begin um quick notes um touching back the past few weeks on junior hockey um quick notes on a couple of guys that you have noticed lately boy alex de locally here he came over to penticton in the trade with coquitlam that sent uh massimo rizzo back home um and this kid, DePaulo, watch him this year. He he absolutely ate up the preseason. If he stays healthy and and uh, and stays on the right side of the puck, boy, is he uh, he's going to be a stud. He's going to be somebody to watch. Alex DePaulo, Penticton V's, off to a great start. Yep, they went six and zero in the preseason. So good for them. Um, granted, we all know preseason doesn't say a whole lot for what the year brings, but mm-hmm. but it's a it's a start into what to look forward to, I guess. That's a well-constructed team. It is. It's very well. And Fred Harbinson can't complain about him as oh the coach. Gosh. So um, you always know what you're going to get with Fred. Absolutely. Well, this week, beginning the tour around prospect showcases are beginning rookie showcases. Uh, teams yep. are traveling to places like Anaheim, Vancouver, different places like that to uh, have their rookie tournaments or rookie showcases. Yeah, if you and happen to be in the area for those, go see them. Those are the guys that you are eventually going to see quite a few of uh, on big league rosters. Absolutely. Those, uh, and they call them different things in different areas. There's a, there's a dozen of them around the league, and uh, they, most of them are, are referred to as a, as a um, prospect showcase or, or some kind of a uh, young stars tournament. So go see them if you're, uh, if you're in the area of any of them. Well, this week we are, again, I uh, said it a couple times, we we're doing the tour around the NHL, starting with the Metropolitan Division this week, um, specifically starting with the Washington Capitals to kick things off. Um, key uh, subtraction for them this offseason was Burakovsky, uh, yep. involved in the trade with Colorado. Um, 
And some questions leading in, first of all, for them regarding not only their age, the age, the average age of their team, but also um, what they're going to do with with contracts coming up with the likes of Braden Holtby, for example. Um, it's Washington is a team that is pretty easy to see that they are they've peaked and they're on the way back. Uh, one on the way back down. Oh well, yeah, because I'm looking at their roster, and the only notable—and I say notable, not really notable, but no—it is notable on the basis that he was an addition. So he's an addition of note. Um, the only addition was Richard Panic. Yeah, that's you lose Burakovsky. You're you're aging up a little bit to where your window's starting to close, and the only notable guy here, the only guy I can see that's different. Oh, Garnet Hathaway was added as well. Yeah. Um, but the only but, but the only real guys the guy that was added was Richard Panic. Everything yeah. else is exactly the same. And so, he's a yeah, he's a good depth addition, but he's not Burakovsky. He doesn't he's not gonna he's not a game changer. And this is this is where you have to look down that depth chart far enough to see that there is just a lack of blue chippers in that system. They they not only are they not as deep as they need to be up on the top six, they are they've got real questions on defense beyond Braden Holtby, uh big question marks in goal. Phoenix Copley, I don't know how far into the season you want to go counting on Phoenix Copley. I don't know. Let's unproven for sure. But when you look into the system, the reason Richard Panic is there because they just do not have the guys to build from within at this point. Nope. And when you look into their guys, even the guys like uh, Connor McMichael that was drafted this past June, he's he's a few years away and he's not... Same with Brett pre- Leeson. Brett Leeson, same thing. He, these, are, these guys are not game changers. So, um, you know, they've got some depth guys, but everybody's got depth guys. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a name you recognize probably is Mike Sarbosa from, from many years ago. He's now 27, still messing around in in the system. system, Yeah. Um, defense is the same way. They just don't have the guys. They added Racco Gudis and, um, but again, again, it's the same argument that I think that you and I have had too. You can only have so many big-bodied guys before you have to you have to counteract. Like you can't have too many puck-moving guys. Yep. You need some some bangers, but you also you also can't have too many foot-slow guys that that can plaster into the boards. You need yep. you need puck movers. You need the puck up to to Ovechkin and things like that. Carlson and Orloff are a, a really good pair. They one of the top pair in the league. But beyond that. When you get down to Gudis and Kempney, uh, Nick Jensen, Christian Juice, you know you're just not talking about. Like I said, this there, there's a there's a void of blue chip guys in this system. Uh, the Washington Capitals are going to be tough to play. They always are. They've got they've got guys that can beat you that don't get down to their depth. And I've been I've been saying for years, how is it that nobody can stop Ovechkin? He's a he's a one trick pony, but they can't. So guys way smarter than me can't shut him down. There's got to be something to it. The guy scored 600 goals on his way up, but they're so they're still going to be tough overall. But they'll that's, be compa- they'll be they'll be a tough they'll be a tough win is yeah, when you play them. It, it, but. You, you're, it's a tough two points when you go in there. But at the end of the year, 
they're going to be in the middle of the road with a handful of other teams in that division that just do not have the, the high-end talent. And, and at the end of the show, we'll get to them. But this is a team that could be fragile. This is a team that's a, an injury to Braden Holtby, yeah. uh, an they injury are... to a guy like Ovi or, or, or um, TJ Oshie or somebody like that. And this is a team that could finish 500. Well, if they're, things they're, don't bounce right. Yeah, they're they're heading into the 1920 season. I look at their roster and I they are they lack the depth enough that they are a one line team. Yep. You heard it. You heard it last year with the Avalanche. They obviously corrected things in Colorado, added depth. They're they're going to be a force, which we'll get to them in the central discussion. But Washington is definitely without a doubt a one-line team and the tom wilson alex ovechkin and kuznetsov are your three productive guys in that lineup and if if you don't get the secondary scoring in washington like you said they could be a a middle of the road 500 team that just isn't there at the end of the year because there's only so much one line can do yep and, you know, there's nothing, I take nothing away from T.J. Oshie. I'm a big fan of T.J. Oshie. Nick yep. Backstrom is uh, is rock solid in his role at, at number two. Um, beyond that, and you know I'm a huge fan of Tom Wilson, but this is a team that when you, when you evaluate a roster, number one, they don't have any cap space. So there's not going to be any spending going on. They, they don't have a lot of, of um, salary cap that they can dump because they don't have a lot of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, dumpable guys. And their pipeline is just, it's not even half full. So this is a team that in two or three years is headed for trouble. And this could be the first year where that you just see them struggling and everybody be scratching their head, but you heard it here. This, this is a very fragile team that could be anywhere from the middle of the road on down. Absolutely. Is that everything we need on Washington? That's all you need I think to know. We, I think we covered the bases there. Um, there's not too well that that should show you though. There's not too much to, to discuss there. They didn't add a whole lot. They don't have much in the, coming in the pipeline, and at least in the near future. And so you kind of cut you kind of co- cover the discussion of the Washington Capitals in about five minutes, well, if while, if that. While we're beating people up, let's jump into Columbus. Should we go to Columbus? <laughs> they, they're, ooh, yeah, Columbus. I don't know. They're, they've got guys like Jones, who's a quality defenseman. Oh, listen, they're they're they, as good as anybody on defense. They're as good as any top five team in the league on defense. No Rant, question. Jones, Wierenski, Ryan Murray. These guys are solid on the back end, um, but their back end's kind of their only positive spot right now and that's nothing against guys like cam atkinson or nick felino no who are quality or pierre luc dubois who are quality quality players oh absolutely great leaders but they just i look at their their lineup here and they did ask they did add gus nyquist well but but here's that's my point exactly here's the deal you (laughs) add gus nyquist while losing duchene and panarin yep and you don't add anybody in goal after losing Bobrovsky. And we can say what we want about them, but those guys right there, Panarin, Duchesne, and Bobrovsky, led Columbus in the playoffs. Yep. 
and you lose all three without adding any any big substantial names in replace of that. And, and this is a this is a roster without a game breaker, uh, which could have been on any given night. Could have been a guy like Duchesne or Panarin. A roster without a proven number one goaltender, which was Bob. Uh, they've got some depth guys. I'm a I like Nick Foligno. Um, I like Boone Jenner. Uh, Josh Anderson is my one of my favorites. But and Pierre Luc Dubois is rock solid. Cam Atkinson is a high skill guy. But this is not a tough team to game plan, and they're not going to be um, they're going to be hard pressed to put up goals. So what's a lot their, of question what's their marks there. Look like well, it's <clears throat> it's excuse me, it's not terrible. Uh, but they're still a couple of years away. They, uh, depends on what you think of a guy like Sonny Milano, who is undersized and 23. I mean, he's he's going to be a career AHLer if he doesn't move along. Liam Foudy is um, is only 19. He's a couple of years away. Uh, you got you know Marco Dano. Can he crack the lineup? Um, Zach mm-hmm. Dalpy, like uh, uh, Paul Bittner surprised he's still knocking around the minor leagues. I, I thought he might uh, take a look. They just, and that's about it up front. And, and on, on, their, on defense, there's just nothing that's going to, nobody's going to crack that lineup. Not well, and they're also one of the teams with a question regarding a big name RFA in Zach Wierenski. Yep. And he's right now, as of, you know, being a week and a half from camp opening, he is not expected to be there. The only well, thing they've got going what, for him is some cap space. You hear what Tortorella said about it? Listen, the most, the I did, and the most entertaining thing that you're going to come is going to come out of Columbus this year, when the frustration really sets in uh, about November, is the pressers from Torts. Those are going to be worth the price of admission, because this is a team that's just simply going to struggle. It's not. This is not a bad team, mm-hmm. but every night, whether it's in their own division or whether they're playing another team in the East, and before they even move to the West. They're playing guys that are just really good every single night. So well, they're, well, they well, they're a lack... team. They're a team of depth. They're a yeah, team. They're a team of secondary scorers. Right. This but is they a don't second. Have, they don't have anybody team. that they don't have anybody anymore with the loss of Duchesne and Panarin that are game breakers. Nope. That are first liners. That are superstars. The way a Nashville has in Duchesne. The way right. Colorado has with McKinnon. The way. Pittsburgh has with Crosby or anything like that. They don't have that guy that can lead the charge where I, where then a Pierre-Luc Dubois or an Alexander Texier can come in and be a 20-goal scorers and and provide that support. Look, Instead, they're getting the supportive production without the number one production. Right. And, and so now, uh, a couple of months ago, when the season ended up, you when you game-plan Columbus, you had to match with... Panarin and Duchesne. Then that creates some room for guys like Jenner and Anderson and and uh, Nick Foligno and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois in particular. Now, unfortunately, and I'm, I, as I said at the outset, I'm big fans of these guys. This is a big straight north team that's very difficult to play when they get you below the hash marks, but it is much easier to game plan mm-hmm. for the Dubois Atkinson line. Well, Dubois is now your number one center. Right. Dubois is now your number one center. And he's he's not there yet. He's not there to be the number one guy yet. He's really good, but he is, 
he this this team is where remember the Maple Leafs of six or seven years ago when your top your top line was Bozak, Kessel, and Van Riemsdyk, all of them rock solid players, very good at pros, but as a number one line, they were just too easy to game plan for, and beyond that, there wasn't any depth. So this is kind of, this is a bit of where uh, Columbus finds themselves. They don't have a number one line. And do you, do now you, you got questions in goal and yeah. everything else. The only place they don't have question marks is on D and in the salary cap. Yeah. Do you did you agree with Tortorella's comments about Wierenski? I agree with that a hundred percent because I don't and not just Zach Wierenski, but all Any of, of them. them. Yeah. Well, that's Every what I mean. Do you agree with the, the comments in the generalization of covering everybody? Absolutely. Because, you know and, the comment of. If you're not there at if you're not there skating and participating at camp, it's disappointing and it's despicable. It's it's honestly just it's a slap in the face and it's it's gross. It's just it's just not right. Yeah, I mean this is a really good young player. And look, I get it. I get the the part where you can't show up to camp and suffer an ACL when you're Without not under contract. contract. Cannot be done. Yeah. But. That's not the point. The point is this kid is 22 years old. He has proven that he is a good, solid player. But now is when you sign a three- or four-year bridge and go out and really prove to yourself in the league that at at UFA at 27, you are going to hit the till for all the money that you can possibly muster. But now is not the time. So quit quit pacing back and forth over whether you're going to sign three or four years and whether you're going to sign seven and a half or eight and a half, get into camp, get signed and go prove what you can do. You are 22. And this is the part of the market that I totally disagree with. And as much as I don't like a lot of the way John Tortorella presents himself, that I agree with him hundred percent. But as you point out every week, I am old. (laughs) So uh, Anyways, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Let's cover Philly. I like this team, and I'm going to go on a limb and say this is the best team in the division. Think so? I do. They let's see. They um, if their their biggest name. I'm looking at this. Their uh, Matthew Strom is he one of the Strom brothers? Yeah. Okay, so they have him listed. Um, I'm looking at this, and a lot of the teams now because we're getting to the to the camp aspect a lot of these teams have extra guys on their roster if you look at the, oh. the website because they're they're going into camp so not all these guys are nhl guys but no but um, that's, that's the joke when you show up for a beer league game or a or a drop-in and there's 47 guys there mm-hmm. that's the joke about it being training camp because you invite everyone in your system from the guys you just drafted two months ago yep. up to the guys that are on ptos and waiver wires everybody comes into camp and then you know, keep the, leave the leave the bus running because they're going to be leaving just about as fast as they show up. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm looking at this and they um, through here and their biggest off-season acquisition was uh, Kevin Hayes. Great two-hole guy. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna behind Giroux. It. Yep. And that um, he gives them a he gives them a level a level of depth they didn't have. And that puts Nolan Patrick into the three hole, which is even better. Do you, what's what? What are your thoughts on Nolan Patrick? I know he's had some injury issues, but um, for being a first overall draft pick, and and everything, he's yet to do much. 
Yeah. Well, I, now I say that again, knowing that how many years he's been in the league, two or three of them have been injury riddled. He's had some injury problems. He is but, not somebody that projected anyway, at least at a young age. He was not going to jump from junior to the first uh, the first line. He just simply was not made with that skill set. He's He may develop it. It may be coming in a year or two. I uh, hope he stays healthy because he's a good kid. But right now, his his top projection is a is a two hole guy, and and uh, he should be real comfortable at three and and play a lot of minutes there. And he's somebody you can use on the power play as well. I yeah. like him. Yep. Yeah. And then on the back end, they added Justin Braun, good um, depth guy. <clears throat> they're I'm listening. looking at this. They've got Chris Begra too. Yeah. Always at at least of- in their system. Um, but he's always had, going back to his days in Colorado, he's always had issues with showing up to camp in shape. Yeah, he always had a, a little extra weight. Um, they got Samuel Marin. Philip, so yeah, Sam Marin is there, and Philip and Myers, who's a, a high prospect. Um, Matt, Nis- Matt Niskanen. Yeah, listen, I was just going to say their top four guys on D are real solid. Uh, Niskanen, Goss, Despair. Travis Sanheim is a stud. Can you rely, though, on... And Justin Braun. Can you rely, though, anywhere in the league, but in Philadelphia, since that's who we're to- talking about at the moment, can you rely on on veterans, though, in today too much in today's NHL? Which well, Vigneault is known to do. Yeah, he may not have a choice here because his top guys on... Uh, you know, Niskanen is the old man on defense at 32, Niskanen and Braun. But Ivan Provorov is another one that we didn't mention. And he is, um, I mean, he's in the Sergachev mm-hmm. kind of category. He's in the uh, Sam Girard ballpark as far as his skill sets are concerned. Awesome on defense, these guys. If Carter Hart stays healthy. Is he, a, he, can, is he an everyday number one? He, he's got to be their number one guy. He's got to look like he did at the end of last year. Well, I, I, and he's got to go off the basis, not have to. Go off the basis of is he. Yeah. Is no is he to, is he if he's healthy is he is he the everyday number one? He's the guy. He is absolutely the guy. And if he plays well enough, are there questions in Philly's net? Because the no. past how many years there's they've had it's been a revolving door of dozens of goaltenders. If he's healthy and he and he plays like Carter Hart can, yep. Since is is the goaltending question in Philly resolved it should be he looked so solid he looked he looked like Bennington last year he was that comfortable and that good uh but you're right about the Philly net it's been this way since 1987 when Ron Hextall was there so yeah that if and I was just going to say that if this if Carter Hart puts that question to rest then you've got a team that is easily three real good lines deep and uh, five or six high quality NHL defensemen. That's that's why I like them. They stay healthy. Uh, they're they're well coached. They're going to be they're going to be in good shape. I, I like this team to win the division. Really, I do. I look I look at them and I'm not sold because I don't see a lot of the the a lot of the the depth there yet. I you know I'm a fan I of a guy a like of, Konechny. I, I, I see. I like Joel Farabee. I like these guys, but I just I don't see that. NHL ready depth yet. Here's the difference, and I'm not saying that that a guy like Faraby or uh, Oscar Lindblom or Mike Raffle or somebody like that, Scott Lawton. I'm not saying they're ready to step up and become stars, but when they are down, 
when they are down the depth chart where they can get away from matchups and get a little bit of space to move, these are guys that could and certainly should be able to produce. When, as I'm always talking about, we were just talking about it in, in the Columbus roster, when you push guys into a top role where they've got to see matchups, that that makes a makes a B plus player into a C minus. You put that guy down where he can hide from the from the top defense pair and the checking line, and now you've got a guy that can you know a Konechny or a Raffle or somebody like that that can really put up some numbers. And Van Riemsdyk is still a young man at thirty, going to be able to play uh, in any role. He's not a big minute guy, but uh, I love Sean Couturier. I I just I really like the way this team is put together. I mean, not not just for this year, but they've got oh, yeah. Some, what's their pipeline look? They've like? got some guys coming along. I mean, the Strom kid, if he if he finds his way, uh, he's twenty. He's a big guy, I and mean, he comes from good good material. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just I really like I like the way these guys are uh, the way these guys are put together. I'm, here's another one that I've been watching for years, along with you know when you you mentioned Bigra, Tyler Weatherspoon. Uh, just a fantastic looking kid when he was a teenager and just out of junior. I really looked, uh, I really looked for him to become a frontline guy, a top four player on D and he's now 26. And by the time this year's over, he's either going to be a career minor leaguer or he's going to finally make his way. Who knows? But I really like what this team's done. I think they're, uh, I think they're they're built for right now. They're and they're they're young enough to be uh, extremely good for the next three or four years. I like where they, I like where they're at. Speaking of liking where they're at, heading to Long Island. This is the other team. The Islanders and Flyers are going to be at the top of this division. Think so? Yep. No question they're, marks. They're in, building in a the they're building a new arena. Yep. They added um, Derek Broussard. Yep. Um, they've got, at least for their training camp roster here, they've got uh, Dal Cole. Uh, they got Ho Sang. They brought in Ho Sang and Dal Cole. Uh, we talked they've about brought those in, guys. They brought in Oliver Wallstrom, who's drafted uh, in 18. Yep. Um, and, they, and that's on for, up front. Um, on the back end, uh, they got guys that are starting to come into their own. Uh, Scott Mayfield, who's a big body guy. He's huge. Um, Devin Taves, yep. uh, Nick Letty, uh, Thomas Hickey. Um, and then in net, uh, they added Semyon Barlamov. To me, their their question is in net. Well, the only question is whether see he can the, play, it's whether he stays healthy. I don't see a lot of holes anywhere else. No. But what I see, at least maybe not holes, but questions, is in net. Because Semyon Varlamov is a number one guy if he stays healthy. We saw that in Colorado. Yep. However, he's shown since the 13-14 season in Colorado when they tore it up with a, a rookie Nathan McKinnon and everything that he can't stay healthy. And I'm looking at their other goaltenders, and Thomas Grice is a great backup, but I'm looking at some of their other goaltenders, and I don't see a game-breaking goaltender behind Varlamov if he can't stay healthy. Grice had a good Jared year Car- last Jared year. Jared Carreau is n- not it. Mm, uh, not yet. I don't know much about Christopher Gibson listed here. He's he's their um, AHL goaltender, I'm sure. 
Um, and then Thomas Grice, he had a good year, um, but is he a guy like we've seen recently, like a Jonathan Bernier or anybody like that, who, if a guy goes down, can step in and win you hockey games on a consistent basis? He was and, he was sure solid last year. He was solid, but I mean long term. In a split role. But I mean long term, because if, if Varley goes down, he's known to go down for a while hip this, whatever that, yep. to be either out the, the season or out several months. And you need a guy who can step in and win you win you 12 of twelve of 20 hockey games or, or something like that. Here's and, why Grice can. Number one, Barry Trotz. He knows how to manage his bench. He knows how to manage his, uh, his systems. Took that team to the lowest goals against in the league last year. And secondly, he didn't do it with smoke and mirrors. Their their defense core is extremely solid. They don't have game breakers back there. They don't. I mean, Nick Letty's a real real good skater, uh, most mobile guy they have. But Pulak, Adam Pellick, Tom Hickey, Johnny Boychuk, you mentioned Mayfield and Taves. This is a good, solid, deep defense core, and they play a real tight system. And they, and with uh, Trotz behind the exactly behind the bench. with Barry Trotz running that show. That this is not this is not a goaltender that's going to have to do what Freddie Anderson did in the last two or three years. You're talking Grice or Varley? Neither one of them. Nobody nobody playing behind this team. No matter who it is, whether it's Grice or Varley, nobody playing behind this team is going to have to face forty four shots every night. And and eleven of them real legitimate scoring chances. They just don't give it up that way. And what they lack, what they really lack up front is a game breaker. They're they're extremely solid. They're skilled. They play Barzal a great system. Can be one. Matt Barzal has got every opportunity to be that. But boy, are they deep. I mean, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly, Josh Bailey, Clutterbuck, Sezikis, Leo Komarov, Matt Martin. This is a team that just down the line, they they can roll four and not lose a thing. Unfortunately, they're one of those teams that just does not have that game-breaking talent. But they are so good otherwise that uh, it actually the the way it works in their favor is they don't have to they don't have to worry about paying somebody thirteen million dollars. They've just got a whole bunch of five, six, seven million dollar guys. So. It, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of it. And then if somebody goes down and you get down to Dal Cole or Hosang, now you can really see what these kids have. So I love this team. I love the way Barry Trotz puts them together. Uh, and they, I, at the end of the year, I'll be shocked if it's not them and, and the Flyers looking at the top of the division. Well, we are halfway through the division at this point. We're halfway through. Uh, we'll keep trucking along here for everybody, uh, covering the, la- the last uh, four teams in this division, uh, starting with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the second half of this division. Uh, they, uh, nothing against, obviously, Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's ar- arguably, sorry for those that love your Connor McDavid, but he Crosby, until he retires, is the best player. And... But despite that, Pittsburgh, I think, is as a team, is on the decline side of, of things. There's they, no question that they are not the contender that they were three or four years I ago. Like, I like Nick Bukestad. He is... He, that, I'm glad you brought him up. That is, um, that is probably the... Yeah, it could be one of the top 
handful of sleepers in the league because they've got him in the three hole mm -hmm. and he is as good of a third line guy, third line centerman as there is in the NHL. I mean, if he stays healthy, which he's had a little trouble with, uh, picking him up along, we'll see what Galchenyuk's got to offer this year. They brought year. in Galchenyuk uh, in the Kessel trade. And I like Brandon Tanev. Picked him up. Uh, he came out of the, uh, where was he? Was he in Vancouver? He was in no, Winnipeg. No, he was in Winnipeg. Sorry, that's the other Tanev. Um, but this is this is not a team. You look at I look at teams two ways, down the middle, including the goaltender, and on D. And when you go down the middle and you've got Crosby, Malkin, and Bukestad, that's as good as any three out there. On defense, Latang can still play with anyone. Brian Dumoulin is solid. Good Branson. Branson. I've always been a big fan of Eric Good Branson. Justin Schultz can play. Jack Johnson. What are we going to get from him? He's solid if he uh, he's good if he's good, but that's they've got five good NHL defensemen there. Marcus Pedersen will see, uh, and then they've got Chad Ruedel uh, for depth. And in goal, they've in, got Matt Murray, and uh, they've got three guys that could play. They got Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, and Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith. So, so on paper, on paper, this is a competitive team. On paper, this is this is a contending team. Well, they're but, not, uh, but. The the question is, do do guys like Jack Johnson do what they were brought in to do? Do yeah. can Nick Bukestad go from being a sleeper to being being the perfect depth? He'd be a thirty set, goal guy, set, yeah, three, perfect depth guy. Ball. Can Galchenyuk revitalize things yeah. after a good start to his career in Montreal and come in and and slot in in the top six and really really provide that? that young support if if that can happen they're they're a dangerous team still yep but the question for me though despite on paper is whether or not you can get it beyond beyond your crosby your gensel and whoever they have slotted slotted on the other wing tips the scale this way and this is one of those teams that along with washington uh could be along with New Jersey and a couple of others in this division. This team could go either way. You know, Sid gets injured, Malkin gets injured, uh, Chris Letang's had problems. This is a fragile team. If they're healthy, they're good. They're well coached. If they're, but they're too fragile. They're, if things go wrong here, whether it's in goal or anywhere else, with a couple of key guys, this is a team that could be looking upward at 500 at the end of the year. If they're healthy, I take the I take the intangible out of it. You talk about how they look okay on paper. Mm -hmm. I think they look okay whether it's on paper or not just because of the experience that all these guys bring having won cups. So stay healthy. They're probably going to be a playoff team, they're, but they're fragile. They're just, I put them in the same category as Washington and, and probably, uh, probably the the Devils as well, could be really difficult times if things bounce their own way. Bubble team. Bubble team. I, I'll agree with that. Um, but transitioning, moving on, uh, the other the other team in the Big Apple, the Rangers, kind of, kind of, I don't know if I'd say lucked out, but kind of one the makeshift lottery, if you will, getting the second overall pick. Yeah. Um, being one of those teams that moved up in the draft. Um, 
adding Capo Caco, yep. which the debate after the draft is whether or not Caco should have gone one or whatever, but they, they add him. Uh, they bring in Panarin on a big contract. Um, and then they they bring in, looking at the roster here for heading into camp, they bring in guys who really, really struggled for for a while, like Matt Bolesky. Um, yeah. They've that, got, they've got, um, but they've got Brett Howden, who's an underrated young kid. Underrated young player. They've yep. got Capo Caco, we just mentioned. Real good um, Going down the list here. Um Real quick, they got well. They, look, um, they, they got, got Ryan Strom, which, which seems to have found his feet in New York compared to the, the Islanders or the right. Oilers. Um, Ty Ronning is he Cliff Ronning's kid? Yes. Okay. He um, is. And Miko Zibanejad. Zibanejad's um, solid. Uh, but the question marks for me, looking at their forward depth here, their question marks are. Um, Panarin, bringing him on that big of a contract, what can he do under the big spotlight, which is New York? And no matter the sport, New York is the spotlight. His supporting cast is not there. I'm um, and the other question for me um, is Chris Kreider. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a straight north guy. He's a, he's uh, he's not he's not a huge scoring threat. He's solid, but it depends again on what kind of role you put him in. If he's in the lead role, if he's on the top line, it's going to be tougher. I mean, this is a team that's going to be again pretty easy to game plan. Well, because Panarin, they, they don't have his... they don't have really a game breaker either. No, Panarin and it's nothing... was, but he was playing with Pat Kane. Panarin, so... what? Panarin, Panarin, and it's not to flip flop on what we said when we discussed Columbus, but Panarin's not a game breaker. He in Columbus, he was playing with Duchesne when they brought him in. Now, right. he still did all right before Duchesne was brought in, but he was playing with Duchesne. In Chicago, he was playing with Kane. Who do they have aside from Capo Caco? And Capo's, and Capo's not ready. unproven. As, good as he is, he's not he's, ready. He's unproven. He, he may or may not be ready. But aside from him, who do they have that can really play with Panarin and make Panarin a 40-goal guy Right. That can that can lead this... Rangers that, offense and to me I don't him. I don't I don't see it Ryan Strom's an, uh, an okay depth guy but he's not he's not your but he's a center and he's not going to be your guy that that plays with Panarin no and the, there's not a Panarin needs the puck and this is not a great puck possession team at the end of the year if you if you watch analytics this is not going to be a great puck possession team they're going to be playing in their own end a lot and they did although they picked up Truba this Playing is in their own end. They don't, but they Hank is thirty-seven. Their defense Gorgiev and goaltending is, is not great. No, and Sean and Day, remember talking about him yes, a while ago? Sean Day, I know. Um, but there's nobody on this defense aside from Brady Shea, Shea's Shea's solid. Jacob Truba and Truba. Brendan Smith is good. I and like and Mark Brendan Stahl. Smith. Yeah. So I mean, He's, I guess you got a top four right there, but and, even in those four. With aside from Truba and Shea, it's shaky. No, and I'm, in goal, Gorgiev played solid. Yeah. I mean, he had he, he had a couple. He, he was out of his mind. But Lundqvist is thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven years old, and you know, sorry, but no, it's not New he, York's. New York, their window is either closing or or it's already shut. 
and well, I don't I don't see. They did a they did a rebuild without rebuilding. Yeah. In a way, but I don't. I'm not buying it. This is, this one's easy for me. These they're guys at the will be. Of the division. They'll be fighting it out with Columbus. Right. Uh, to me, I, they're at the bottom of the division. Yeah. Again, here's a again heading into the year. This is all. That's all. This is all research. This is all speculation. This is all until they play the game on the ice. We know that. But looking at things, they're they're at the bottom of the division. Five years ago, remember this name? Do you remember Ryan Gropp? He was a he was a V. He started his career here with the V's. Um, got picked up by a team in the Dub during his draft year. I believe down in the U.S. in um, Seattle or Tri-Cities. Anyway, uh, big kid, tore up the B.C., pretty good career, went to the second round uh, out of the dub, and is 22 now, and, and I haven't heard a lot about him making making a lot of AHL noise. So interested to see where a guy like him uh, shows up. And like you said, Sean Day dropped to the third round, and then then what? I mean, he's another guy uh, that has a little trouble maybe pushing away from the from the training table. But we'll see. Uh, I, to me, this is a team that has tried to get younger and rebuild, but they're I'm not seeing not seeing the results of it so far. And and I don't. There's there's some guys in their system that are just too. You know, they're again. No blue chippers, no no jaw droppers here. Uh, we'll see what Capo Caco can do, but it's going to be tougher on a kid like him, as it was you saw with Eichel mm-hmm. a, a few years ago. Broke into a really struggling team. They got they handed in the reins, and he had to go against the top guys every single night, and it was it was tough sledding for him. Yep. And I think Caco is going to find the same thing. Heading to heading to uh, Carolina. This is an exciting deal here. I, I They're like, an exciting team. Yep. They brought in, well, they matched Montreal's offer for Ajo. They brought in Ryan Dezingle. We mentioned at the beginning um, the announcement by Justin Williams to step away. Um, they brought in Eric Halla. Um, looking at their roster here, they've got Brock McGinn, who's proven to be a quality... He's a real solid guy. guy. Uh, Nino, Nino Niederreiter, um, who's never really been my personal favorite, but he's a he's a solid middle six forward. Yep. Um, Big body. And... Uh, he's all right. He, Andrei Svechnikov is Svechnikov a quality, is a quality real, guy. Real talented kid. Um, I like Vinen. I like them up, up front. I do, too. Um, I on like the back end... Aside from the questions of Justin Falk heading into his contract year here, because um, this is his final year on his contract, yep. um, questions around him. But they, I like they—they're not bad on defense either. No, if they can, to me, if they can solve whatever um, personality cancer in Dougie Hamilton. I think I think they've got themselves a winner if they can solve that. Their their only question mark to me. I love their defense. They're they're deep. They're talented. They're big. They're mobile. Uh, very skilled and young and fast up front, uh, along with some veteran leadership like Jordan Stahl. Uh, they've got some you know they got some size and some grit there. Warren Fogle and and Jordan Martinuk. Only question I have on this team is in goal. 
and I don't know. Peter Morazic uh, and I'm James Reimer are probably not, your your top two. I'm not ready to be a big believer in Morazic yet. I know he had a good year, and maybe he and and uh, Rod Brindamore have found a, a way to get it done. But he's he's my wild card there. If he's well, if he plays up, well yeah. there as good as anybody, and will be right up right there with. Uh, with the Flyers and the Islanders at the end of the year. Well, your backup is James Reimer in Carolina. Well, yeah. that's I mean, that's a kind yeah. of a foregone conclusion of who your two guys are in net. Good kid, but a little bit of a concern when you have to hand it to him if he if if Morazic went down for an extended period of time with an injury. Now, what's their pipeline look like, though? Is this a team that is exciting now, but once, once contracts and, and aging starts to come into play, are they... Are they closing out, or you know, what's their pipeline look like, though? You know, they they've got a, a bunch of guys that had a well. They obviously they won a Calder Cup last year in the AHL, so they've got some guys that at least at that level can play. Uh, yet to be yet to be proven whether Jake Bean on defense, mm-hmm. uh, he's only twenty, um, really highly touted kid coming out of junior. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've I've heard maybe Morgan Geeky can challenge for a spot, but uh, he's 21, and and it's going to be tough for him uh, at center ice to crack that lineup. He might end up playing on the wing if he gets uh, gets to the big league club. Otherwise, there, you know, what you see is probably already there. I like yep. one guy to look at. Uh, one guy to keep an eye on is Hayden Flurry on defense. Mm-hmm. He's 23 years old. Always liked this kid. Uh, really ready for him to have a breakout year. We'll see what happens, but and yep. you've got uh you got some good veteran depth there too and Brian Gibbons up front. I mean, there's just this there's a lot to like about this team and they play their hearts out for Roddy. Mm-hmm. They just play their hearts out. Well, I think if they're if their goaltending can be can be consistent, I think they are um I think they're, they're with um the Flyers and the Islanders in the top three of the division yep. top of the show yep. um which would mean now that we've we've covered everybody okay we've <laughs> i've intentionally saved this team for last just based on the off season they've had yeah i know who you're getting at, they've yeah. had a very busy off season and that's ray shiro ray shiro loves to do that kind of stuff yep um f- we're closing out the this week and this division with the New Jersey Devils. Before before we uh, we're closing it out. Before we transition into season predictions for the division, but we're closing it out with the Devils. Um, they bring in they they trade for Nikita Gusev from from Vegas. Yep. Uh, Good pickup. They up. draft Jack Hughes number one. They still have Nico Heischer and Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is their question though heading into his contract year. Uh, they traded for John Hayden from Chicago, uh, and they bring in Wayne Simmons. And then on the back end, they bring in the big name guy, being uh, PK Subban. They've re-signed Will Butcher. Good mobile kid there. Um, and then on the back end, to me again, Mackenzie Blackwood is your your goaltending guy. You jumped right Corey, to it. Corey Schneider is the big kind of I don't think he's even a question mark thing. anymore. I, I like him. He's been a good teammate and a good guy all these years, but I don't think he's even a question mark. He'd have to improve to be a question mark. 
it's Blackwood's it's, the, it's, it's Blackwood's, Blackwood's net. Team. Yeah, it's his net. He's just like Carter Hart. He's just like Jordan Bennington. If he goes, the team goes uh, because they are solid enough, and they've got what you would have to consider a game breaker in Taylor Hall, especially if he's playing with a guy like Heshier who finds mm-hmm. his stride. They've got some pretty fair depth up front. It's not fantastic, but Simmons gives them some size I, I and like power him up front. front. I like him up front. If you, if um, Hall can have a great year, which I think that's a foregone conclusion that if he's healthy, he will he will put up at least thirty. Um, and then you 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 know you put guys like Heshier and Hughes and Simmons and Jesper Bratt and Nikita Gusev and Blake Coleman and these guys around and Kyle Palmieri around a Taylor Hall and, pretty a, sturdy. and a Jack Hughes, yep. then they're pretty sturdy up front. Well, right? the, the beauty of Hughes coming in as an undersized kid, as a rookie at 18, is he could probably, I mean, if I, I certainly wouldn't, I would put Zay Jack in number two and start Jack Hughes in the three hole to, to get his feet wet this year. Once he finds his way around the league a little bit, he's his he's got more skill than a third line guy, but I wouldn't throw him in there immediately. Yeah. Uh, and that's the that's the nice part about having a guy like Heesher that can play up front ahead of him. So stick him in uh, at number two. He's a wild card. Uh, how how quickly he develops because we know he's going to be good. It's just when. Yep. And um, and Mackenzie Blackwood, if he's if, if he has that yeah. same kind of solid uh, the way he finished last year. This uh, this is a team that's going to be in that middle pack with Pittsburgh and Washington. They're going to be scrapping it out to maybe find a wild card spot. I I'm going to go a step further and say, kind of same boat for me as Philadelphia. If they can get the goaltending, I think I think they could be tops yeah. with the Islanders. I I think like in Philly, if Carter Hart can be the guy and he can be consistent, stay healthy and win you games, Philadelphia's tops the division. And it's the same argument for me anyway with with New Jersey. If Blackwood can can step in and prove that he's a, an everyday number one guy, then along with the Islanders, along with Carolina, along with Philadelphia, they could be in the discussion come March. For tops of the division, probably uh, that to good me. this year and trending in the right direction, trending up. Uh, yeah, I, I one guy I would keep an eye on. Um, I, I would absolutely keep an eye on Mike McLeod, who mm-hmm. right now looks like maybe their fourth line center. His his upside is way better than that. So I'm I'm going to watch and and you know I want to see how he develops. They are at least average in the pipeline. Uh, they've got some guys coming along that are not, they're not big names, not game breakers, but certainly some guys uh, coming out of junior at 19, 20 years old that, um, that you're going to, you're going to be seeing on the, on the big roster one of these days, because guys like Andy green are not going to be around much longer. Most likely, uh, you know, they're, it's a pretty young team overall. Zay Jack and Andy green are the oldest, uh, the oldest guys in the everyday lineup. And, you know they've got enough coming along that that there's reason for hope, but I, I'm with you. If if Blackwood is good and and uh, they stay healthy, they're 
they could be just a, a couple of bounces away from, from making a lot of racket. Absolutely. Well, closing out this week in the Metro Division, our season predictions, standing predictions, whatever we want to do. Um, we'll start with you on where you where where you see him finishing in the at least in the division um, after next week. Next week we'll close out. Uh, next week's our Atlantic division discussion. All right. Um, we'll close out same thing with Atlantic, and then we'll close out next week with the whole of the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Um, but just for today, Metro Division um, standing predictions, season predictions. What do we see? Islanders and Flyers at the top. Those are, the, those are the easy ones uh, and too close to call the the easy ones at the bottom unfortunately and again I don't like to I don't like to say negative things but that's the business we're in Columbus and the Rangers are gonna have they're gonna struggle this year those guys will be they're, they're lottery teams and in the and Carolina Carolina will be right at the top as well middle of the pack uh, scrambling for you know a crossbar here and a a decent call there and, and maybe a, a hot goaltender or, or keeping your roster healthy is, uh, is going to be Washington, Pittsburgh, um, and New Jersey. It's uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you'd like to be able to predict a lot of these things. You just can't, I mean, no, you're you just can't. stupid. If you say you're going to take a team yep. like maybe Washington or Pittsburgh that could win the division, they could also be under 500. Yep. Just it's conjecture. It's, it's conjecture, especially before the season starts. Yep. But um, I'll go the I'll go the more specific route. Um, I'll get I'll take uh, the Islanders to win the division. Give me uh, Philadelphia number two. I'll take New Jersey at number three. Ooh. Third in the division. I like. I'll take them at number three. Give me probably Carolina at number four. Gotta be. Then I'll do probably. I don't know. I like I like Pittsburgh more than Washington. I'll take Pittsburgh at number five. Washington at six. And then it'll be for me. It's going to be um, the Rangers at seven and Columbus at eight. To me, that's the that's the, to me ahead of the season, ahead of camp, everything. That's how the division falls into place. And, and here's the interesting thing: we're talking about teams like Columbus really struggling this year. You know, Torts can coach. You know, he he can get he can get it out of his players. And you know that they've got a really solid team. I mean, we went through the skill of Atkinson down to the absolutely rock solid defense and we're talking about this team finishing last that's just how good everybody is it's not like this is a team that's been blown up and trying to rebuild this is a heck of a good team mm. and they're i don't i wouldn't be i won't be shocked at all if they finish last in that division that's just how good everybody is every night so now three or four well, years it, ago it also shows you what happens when you stand pat yeah, because the league is constantly growing and changing and getting better. And if you're a team in a division, and for years it's been the central division being the toughest division in hockey, right? 
if if you're standing still and you're standing pat that you don't you don't do much in the off season and you know to grow and with with the times then you can still be you can still be what 15 years ago would have been a cup contending team but in today's NHL you're being predicted to finish in last place because Columbus f- lost Duchesne, Panarin and Bobrovsky and they only added Gus Nyquist. Gus Nyquist, right. And so, so the, the add and subtract there doesn't and make so sense. And so how does that grow with the rest of the Metro Division, which has quickly become, along with the Central, one of, if not the toughest division in hockey, and and all you add is Gus Nyquist after losing Duchesne, Panarin, and Bobrovsky. It's, you're, it, the, the additions and the growth hasn't been on equal playing field with no. the rest of the division. So it shows just, you if, if you're standing still, you're going backward mm-hmm. and, and going backward fast. Yep. So, you know, here again, we talk about it all the time, roster development, roster construction. You've got to draft well. You've got to manage the cap well. You can't build it through free agency anymore. You've got to be able to draft young studs that are going to put pressure on your cap coming out of their entry level and then you've got to be able to manage that cap. And you've got to get production out of the depth guys, as we talk about constantly, Those ent- whether it's entry-level guys or veteran guys making a million and a half that are playing in the 5-6 on defense or the, or the bottom six on at forward. Got to get production out of those lower cap hit guys. Yeah. And so uh, there again, I mean, like we said when we were talking about Columbus, cap is one of the things they have going for them. And, and unfortunately, they're they're good, but everybody else has gotten so much better. Well, it, well not everybody though. If we're talking, well, if we're talking, no, we need everybody. to be we need to be fair. Can't just come down on Columbus. We need to be fair in no. the division. Teams that have stood pat are Columbus, Washington, yeah, and Pittsburgh. Now, Washington, and Pittsburgh are Cup winners in, in recent years. I don't know if that's the reason why they're standing pat, but you can't stand pat no matter what. You can win the cup this past season, and you still have to do what you need to 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 stay with it coming into the next year. And those three teams did nothing. Yeah, they added a, maybe added a guy here or there, but they they've done nothing. And that's why, to me, Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus are the bottom of the division, and I put New York in there simply on the basis that. Caco and these guys just aren't not, ready not yet. Ready. Let well, let more about Caco, Caco and not being ready yet, and Panarin not being a guy to build a team around. Right. Then whether That's or not exactly. they're actually whether or not they actually have a bright future. Prove me wrong. Prove me Caco's so, ready. And so based on those reasons, they're at the bottom of the division for me. Not on the basis of of what their future looks like. No. And. Listen, so here, here's the difference, though. What you're talking about, um, and I, again, I don't, I don't want to pick on Columbus. I, Kekalainen's a good, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. Tortorella's won a cup, and I love the way uh, much of that roster plays. They play my style of game. But Columbus stood still, uh, having only made the playoffs a couple of times. And only Pittsburgh and before this year, having never won a playoff series. Right. 
So Pittsburgh and Washington, on the other hand, are at the top of the game for the last seven or eight years. In Pittsburgh's case, they've been at the top of the game for 10 years, 11 years. They've been drafting at the bottom of the first round ever since then. And they've been up against the cap forever because of the Ovechkins and Crosbys and Malkins and, and uh, Backstroms and, and all these guys. So it's a whole different scenario when you are trying to keep a competitive team on the ice when you've been drafting at the bottom of the round and you've been up against the cap for years. Mm -hmm. That's really difficult to do. When you are taking lottery picks every year and you've got a lot of extra cap space, it is not nearly as challenging to build a an upwardly mobile roster because you're drafting the top guys in uh, coming out of junior and you've got cap space because you don't have the superstars to pay. That's why I don't buy where Columbus is right now because they have had too many years drafting high and too many years with plenty of cap room. Eesh. Well, save that Tough th goal. save that thought too for when we get to Edmonton in the Pacific <laughs> because to me they're they're the they're the epitome in the, in that division, if not the Western Conference, of a team that is just like Columbus, who who for too many years had first overall picks and top ten picks and all these things, just to still have yet to put a, a contending team around Connor McDavid. Yeah. And, oh my goodness! I and listen, yet I... they and yet therefore, aside from McDavid and the big contract with him and Drysital. And trading for James Neal, and this is all I'm going to say because we're going to save it for the Pacific Division discussion. But aside from that, who they've brought in Ooh. around Connor McDavid, even heading into this year, even heading into the 1920 year, they still have not done that, which previewing the Pacific Division discussion, to me, Edmonton is not there. I'm just I'm just no, saying that because sure they're, they're not that because means, they're included in the in the Columbus comparison of standing pat. And doing absolutely nothing, despite having how many years of lottery, lottery picks, picks and these different I, things. Well, we, so. we probably need one show just for Edmonton alone. <laughs> but yeah. listen, and, and I'm torn by this because of all the places in the league that if I was a young player looking for a great place in a great hockey market with a fantastic building strong ownership and everything I would Edmonton would be my first choice I love that town but man have they put a how not to on the ice yes. for the la and this goes this is not this year or last year or not since they drafted McDavid this goes back to 2007 they have been well, 2007 when they, they started have, drafting the Halls and the Eberleys and the yeah, yeah, and, and the Yakupovs and the I mean many, go down the list and and now the, and now the they've Hopkins got this uh, and the, um, the Finn that just is going back home because he, Jesse Pugliarvi can't hack it. So he's going, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and not to get off on Edmonton, but that's, that'll that's be a, a fun one. Discussion for the Pacific Division. But um, anyways, thanks for tuning in this week. Metropolitan discussion this week on War Room the Hockey Podcast. What are we looking forward to this coming week? Forget next week, which uh, next week is discussion on the Atlantic, Atlantic Division, Division. Yep. Uh, to close out the Eastern Conference. But this coming week, I think I think it's obvious and I think it's common sense that what we're looking forward to is RFAs to start falling. 
But aside from all that, what are we looking forward to? Well, guys are skating again. I mean, as far as the show is concerned, guys are skating. Guys are getting together informally. Camp opens in just over a week. Uh, BCHL opens regular season this weekend. Exciting stuff there. Uh, dub camps are taking shape and rosters are being trimmed right now. So it's um, it's that buildup and, and really looking forward to it. Uh, again, it's, oh man, the RFA discussion seems to linger on. Uh, deafening silence there again for another week, but we'll see. Uh, going to be fun. Going to be a fun week. Uh, stay tuned. Go to go if you're around it. Get to those young star tournaments. Uh, get out and watch a junior game. Support these guys. Uh, support developmental hockey. Um, this is uh, the game grows from the ground up. Need everybody's help. And Absolutely. thanks for listening. Absolutely. Love and it. Thank you for the support. Speaking of support, um, it's vital to to support entrepreneurs and local businesses um if you know any in in your area get in there buy a shirt buy a product support if you're ever in the okanagan come by breakaway brewing support fine crafted craft beer in the okanagan i know we and everybody around here would would appreciate that support even if it's just simply going to uh, Instagram and Facebook and uh, supporting through social media, um, we would really appreciate that. And as well as appreciate the support with the podcast through Spo- Spotify and Apple Podcasts and through Instagram and Facebook for the podcast as well, War Room the Hockey Podcast and at War Room the Hockey Podcast. Speaking of which, um, th- thank you for tuning in for another episode of War Room the Hockey Podcast. Our listeners are driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for tuning in. Please head to Facebook and and give us a like. Head to Instagram, give us a follow, as we just as I just spoke about. And and head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review, and hit the subscribe button so you can be alerted to new episodes which come out every week, every Wednesday. For now, anyway. And yeah. Write in questions if you have any, and um, we appreciate the support. Thank you, Brad, for joining the studio. Always. I'm Evan, I'm Evan Rauer with War Room, the Hockey Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers, all.